is it possible to keep some of my legacy commission business if I were to transition to the RIA model? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number 30. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, on today's question, we're going to talk about something that, that comes up in, in many conversations I have with advisors. And I would, I would tell you, I think there's a lot of advisors that simply don't realize this is even an option. So it's, it's certainly worth a video here uh, to talk this through. And it's the idea of you know, maybe as an advisor right now, you are, maybe you already are a hundred percent fee-based at whatever firm you're at, maybe one of the large traditional uh, wirehouse type firms. And you have over time converted your book to, to where you are literally 100% fee-based. And so that's, that's a perfect scenario to move into the RA model. Um, but, but maybe you're not at a hundred percent. Most people aren't at a, at a full hundred percent, maybe you're at 95%. Okay. There's, there's still reasons you, you might want to consider this. And, and, and to be honest, I, I think it's worthwhile in part what we're going to talk about on today's video, anyone in that 60 and, and certainly more so 70% or higher that are already fee-based, it's certainly worth still having a conversation to understand your options perhaps with the RIA model. So just because you might only be 70% fee-based or 80% fee-based, there's a, there's a misconception out there that, oh, geez, unless I'm 100% fee-based, there's, there's, there's no option for me in the, in the RA world. And that, that's absolutely incorrect. You know, if you're, you're again, maybe even as low as 60%, but call it 70, 80%, it's absolutely worth that, that conversation. And, but then the question is, well, what, what would I do with that remaining 20% or so that's, that's commissions. And so that's kind of a, a typical example of an advisor. I might talk to that is maybe doing about say 800,000 in, and fee-based revenue is coming in and they have about a, a hundred thousand in, in commission revenue. And, and for an advisor that's really made the move to, to more fee-based in that capacity, usually that commission piece by at that point is, is not so much new business, but it's mostly uh, just trails coming in on legacy positions. So that could be C-share mutual funds. Maybe it's a smaller client or smaller account and and at the time, and it certainly made sense, you know, to put them in a C share and they're content and everything's fine there. Um, and so the C shares are still paying a trail uh, out, out to the advisor or, or maybe it's variable annuities. And maybe the advisor doesn't have any desire to necessarily do any more new variable annuities, but, but there is a, a good amount out there that are, that are paying trails. And so it, in my example, it might be that advisor's 800,000 already fee based up 100,000 in these, uh, but say mostly trail type situation, you know, that, that's hard to walk away from. If, if it was 800,000 in fee-based and, and 8,000 in commission for, for a whole host of reasons that I help advisors think through, you know, in that case, it, you, you do need to put a lot of thought to, okay, I probably should just walk away from that 8,000. If I can't convert that to some sort of fee-based arrangement, you know, the lion's share, the 800,000 is fee-based, 8,000 by itself is just not worth necessarily trying to work through a, a solution that I'm going to talk about today. In some, some cases, it won't even be an option. But, but I do realize that that, that number of, of, of commission business can reach a point where it's, where it's not just some simple no-brainer to walk away from. And so even if you, you, you don't want to do any new business, or maybe you do, you, maybe you do want to have that as an option. But 
But to the degree you have a sizable amount of kind of legacy, again, it's usually trail business coming in. I, I realized you might want to say, okay, well, what, what are my options? And so again, that's what we're going to talk about here. So what uh, I, I would say a lot of advisors don't realize, again, is that, that there is a pathway here of, of how to do this. So let's, let's use our example of that advisor that's, so it was about 900,000 all in, that's 800,000 fee-based and 100,000, you know, kind of legacy trail commissions. And so the, uh, an option for that advisor is to go ahead and set up their own RIA, uh, they'll move the 800,000 under the RIA, the fee-based assets. And then for that remaining 100,000, which you, we, we could argue is, is, is certainly large enough to not want to walk away from and And, and uh, certainly the advisor probably feels that way. Uh, so one of the options out there is uh, there are entities that are set up that are often referred to as RIA friendly broker dealers. Now these are broker dealers that literally this is their business model. They, they established or set up their, their broker dealer with the idea that they want to partner with RIAs. So to this, our, our advisor, that the $900,000 advisor here, that solution for them would be to say, okay, advisor, you go ahead and start your RIA. Uh, we're not going to have anything to do with that. And you put your $800,000 in, in production under that RIA. And then go ahead and you, and, and you will become, as the advisor, a registered rep of our broker-dealers, essentially kind of a, a limited purpose broker-dealer that we're going to do just that 100000 in commission business with you. And, and again, our whole kind of existence as a firm is to accommodate this exact situation. Now, when, when you're set up that way, again, you have your RA here and your broker-dealer here, as the RA, every, everything's generally the same on all, all the topics I've talked about on all these videos, you, you, you will receive 100% of your advisory fee on the RIA business. And over here, it is more of a typical broker dealer type arrangement. And usually with payouts on the, the independent contractor type of broker dealer, there's, they usually are not employee models that, that have this accommodation. And so for that, you will get some sort of payout on that uh, one, in this case, that 100,000, um, and, and they usually have grids as well. So if, if you're only going to bring them 50,000 of business, that's different than, than $300,000 of business. Uh, but there is payouts. And again, it's, it's usually more on that independent contractor type payout range of, of you know, call it 80% or higher, depending on the, on the size of your asset. So a lot of advisors don't realize that, that, that they can kind of put this, put this together where it's, wow, I can, I can essentially get 100% on my fee-based business and I can get, I can still get my commissions and I can get a, you know, pretty healthy payout on that. And yes, it is a payout. The broker dealer will retain some of that because obviously they need to cover their costs. Uh, they are a for-profit business, so they need to have margin built into there as well. But, but this is absolutely a solution available to advisors to, to go ahead and set this up. And like I said, there's, there's specialty purpose broker dealers. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help walk you through who some of those players are. Uh, and then there might be other broker dealers out there that on a one-off basis might be willing to make this accommodation as well. But, but just know there are these, these RIA-friendly broker dealers as they exist out there in the marketplace. So that, that's kind of at a high level. I, wa I wanted to go through a couple specifics uh, uh, on it though. So first one of note, uh, and this is just kind of a more of a, a technical thing, but it's just something to be aware of. 
if you get up, if you set up this arrangement, just know that the commission activity has technically nothing to do with your RA. Your RA will still be a standalone RA in the traditional sense of providing only fee-based business. It will be the broker dealer that under which you will be offering the commission-based business. So basically you're in that setup, you're kind of wearing two hats. Uh, and, and sometimes it might be one hat with a client, maybe, maybe it's the RA hat with a particular client and the broker dealer hat with another client. And then in some clients case, you, you might have a need for both, uh, wearing both of those hats. And so when, when you're, when you're opening a fee-based account, you are wearing your RIA hat and you are opening that up under the RIA. When you open a commission account, even if it's for the same client, when you open a commission account, you were, you were formerly wearing your, your registered rep hat of that broker dealer. So you would have your series seven with that broker dealer. So just, just to be clear, it is, it is a complete separation of those two. Your RIA is not offering commissionable products. It is, is not an RIA that is, that is providing that. It is the broker dealer at that point. Uh, and so th this is a classic case of what you, you often heard it here to as a hybrid setup. And the, the tough thing with the word hybrid is I've, I've seen that used in so many different capacities. And, and so I, I, I'm of the belief there's not one true definition of hybrid. And if anyone, if anyone starts talking to you about a, oh, a hybrid solution or you, you see an advertisement for some firm, oh, we offer hybrid solutions for advisors, I, you, you, you have to dive into that and say, well, what, do you, what exactly do you mean by, by hybrid solution? I mean, what, one could even argue that if you're at a, a wirehouse firm now be, and, and, and you have fee-based and commission accounts because you're technically under the, the corporate RIA of the wirehouse and you're under the, the corporate broker-dealer of the wirehouse, that some people could argue, well, that's a hybrid solution. You can offer fee-based and commission. And, and, th and that's, you know, by default, not the, not the scenario most people are referring to. They're, they're more referring to this idea of kind of maybe having your own RIA and, and you, you keep 100% of that, and then you have a broker-dealer solution. But it, the, the term is used in a number of ways. So I just always caution you, if, you, if someone starts talking about hybrid, make sure you understand fully what they're, what they're describing. Um, but this is an example of, of a hybrid setup that you might hear about out there. Uh, and then, and then the other point I'd make before I get on some pros and cons of all this is, is these RIA friendly broker dealers, they, they do generally have minimums. So that example I gave at the beginning, that if you have 800,000 in fee-based and only 8,000 in commission business, again, normally my advice would be, you, you need to find a way to walk away from that. And I'll, I'll give you some, some, uh, examples of how to do that, but for some reason, if that was you and you wanted to hold on to that, well, these RA friendly broker dealers are not going to accommodate you for $8,000 a year in, in trail production. Because again, if you think about they're only going to take, give or take, call it 20% of that, you know, an 80% payout, that, that's just not worth their while. That's just too small of a relationship. So they, so they do generally have minimums and Again, that's something I hope advisors think through. And so, so not only do you want to make sure this is worthwhile to, to set all this up for, for your own situation, um, the, you, you, it has to be enough to, to make it worth the while of the broker dealer as well. Um, so we'll, we'll jump to a couple of pros and cons on this. And, and, and there's, there's no perfect answer. This is a wonderful solution for some advisors. And then I'll give an example how some advisors Hey, this sounds great. I could make more money doing it this way. And, and, and for a couple of the reasons, I'm going to go into the pros and cons. They just say, this, this is not for me. I, I don't even want to do this. I just want to be solely RIA. So again, 
each, each advisor has to look at their own individual circumstances and say, how might this look and would this be worthwhile doing and, and how would this work? And again, that's one of the, the main things I help advisors think through is all of these logistics. Uh, so I did just want to go through some, some pros and cons of this setup. Um, so a couple of pros, obviously, if you, if you do have that 100,000 trail commission, you, you get to keep the 100,000. Again, it'll go through a payout grade, but, but that is a way to retain uh, you know, a fairly healthy amount of revenue coming in each year. So it, it is an option. And again, most, uh, not, I don't want to say most, but a lot of advisors that, that start thinking about this RA idea have, have no idea this is even a, a possible solution. They just think they have to walk away from it. So just know it, it is a possible solution to be able to keep you know, your, it's usually trail revenue that's coming in. Um, and because you have the next pro, because you have that arrangement with the broker dealer, they don't prohibit you from doing new commissionable business. So for instance, maybe, maybe there are a typical example might be a, a variable annuity situations where it does make sense for a particular client that doesn't currently have a variable annuity to, to go into a new variable annuity and and I did a whole separate video on this. As, as an RIA, you can indeed offer insurance. However, it depends on the kind of insurance. So as an example, a variable annuity uh, requires both an insurance license and because of the variable nature, a securities license with a broker dealer. Uh, so in that capacity, and again, I did a whole video on this. If you, if you have any interest in it, look at the video. I'll go through all kinds of details. But in that capacity, the variable annuity would not be done under the RA. It would be done on the broker-dealer uh, connection or affiliation you have there. Um, and that's certainly doable. Again, it's not just for, oh, trail revenue coming in. That's typically what it is. But, but you do have the option to, to do new business as well. Uh, and so the, the last thing is another example of where that, that could be you know, maybe, maybe you have some large client that has a large, you know, uh, concentrated position and just wants to slowly sell that over time, over many years. And, 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 and maybe it just doesn't make sense to charge them, you know, 1% to, to kind of sit on, on that particular asset. I mean, if you have this setup, you, you at least have some flexibility. Now, whether you, you like this idea or would want to do this, but when you have that broker deal arrangement, you could perhaps say, okay, we're going to put, we're going to put the concentrated position over here and every quarter or month or whatever it is we agreed to, I'm going to sell positions and I'm going to make a commission every time we do a, a sell until we whittle it down. And, and, and after we maybe, you know, liquidate the position, we move, we move it over here to the fee-based account and then I manage it for the, the typical 1% or, or whatever it may be. So it just gives you some, some optionality as well uh, by having both of these solutions. Okay, now that's the pros. So let's let's be fair and go over the cons as well. Um, you you would be a registered rep of a broker dealer, so that means you still would be under FINRA regulations. So a lot of advisors that want to go to the RA world, they basically want to get away from FINRA, or not necessarily get away from FINRA, but get away from having two regulators. So. If you are at a traditional firm now and you're offering fee-based accounts and commission accounts, you're technically under two regulators. The SEC regulates uh, the fee-based portion of that and, and sets rules. The uh, FINRA sets the broker-dealer rules that go with that. And, and so you're kind of, as they say, a slave to two masters. And some, some advisors just want to get away from that. They say, okay, I just want to focus on one regulator, one set of rules. So in the case of an RA, if you're above 100 million, it'd be SEC that, that is all you have to worry about. So, just know if you if you do set up with this, you you still will be you know two regulators you're dealing with, and, and FINRA is obviously on the on the BD side. 
Um, I, I talked about how the broker dealer will take a payout. Absolutely will take a payout on the commission business. Some of these broker dealers will also, uh, not all, but some will want to take uh, usually basis points on the fee-based assets as well, because it's, it's different interpretations of how broker dealers, these RA friendly broker dealers apply this. Uh, some, some think of your RA as solely an, an outside business activity that's completely arm's length and, and, and they do little to no kind of supervision of it. Uh, others kind of maybe more in the middle and say, okay, we're definitely not gonna, you know, get really in the weeds, but there are a couple things we want to be aware of because, because you do have your series seven with us. We feel we have an obligation, not only to supervise your commission business, but, but with some sort of oversight of the RIA business. So, so number it's kind of two parts to this particular con. One is that there is that, that kind of look from the broker dealer side into your RIA world. And then for that, some, some of these broker dealers will charge you uh, something on your, your fee-based assets as well. Uh, whereas, whereas some don't, some do, you shouldn't necessarily assume, oh, I should default to the one that doesn't, because again, it all comes back to the value that broker dealers provide. And then if, and whatever this math adds up of what they're going to charge you from a payout and maybe some basis points here, if, if the value they in turn provide you makes that worthwhile, that, that might be better than, than the value, perhaps one that, that doesn't charge you anything on the RA business. So again, something I, I walk advisors through to help them understand all this. Um, the, the next con is just, this does make it a little more complicated for the client to understand. You know, the, we're in the industry, and so, so talking about RAs and broker dealers and custodians and, and registered rep and Series Sevens, that that's that's vernacular that we know we understand how this works. But but arguably, the investing public out there is is not nearly as well versed on this as we are. So, you know, keep in mind if you are solely an RIA, that the, the, the kind of the really the only thing you have to you know help help make sure a client understands is okay, what what an RIA is, why you've started one. And, and why the custodian is separate from the RA and the custodian holds the assets. You know, that, that's fairly simple explanation. If, if you want to do this kind of hybrid solution, you, you, you explain that. And then you also have to explain, oh, and okay, so I can still offer commission products or however you want to position it. I also have a, have a, a license, my license with this, what's called a broker dealer over here. And, and they as well use a custodian, which may or may not be the same custodian that, that your RIA is using. So it just, it just adds a little complexity to the relationship and, and how it works with the client. And the client would get, in that case, if it's different custodians, would get a, a, a statement from one custodian for the fee-based business and a statement from the, the other custodian for the broker dealer business. But Again, to the degree this is meaningful and important to the client to be able to have, you know, whatever this solution is and whatever this solution is, it's certainly, it's certainly doable. It's certainly reason to, to maybe go down that path, but just know there is some extra complexity as a result of that. Um, the next con uh, with this becomes more disclosures. This is, this is not necessarily a hard thing to accommodate, but there, there is more disclosure. So as your, as your RIA, you would have to put in your ADV that you have this, this other affiliation with a broker dealer so that your clients or prospective clients could understand that and be aware of that. And, that, and that's something your, your uh, compliance consultant that you'll be working with will just help you get set up. But just know that there is disclosures, additional disclosures required if you have this set up. Uh, and then, then the last piece of that, and I did a, I did a whole uh, video recently on, on, as an RA, having regulatory exams. I've actually done two videos. One of, you know, what is the frequency of regulatory exams you, have, you might have? And then the other one was, what can you expect during that exam? And, 
to, to add to that, and, and I talk about it in, in, in those videos that what dictates in part the frequency of, your, of, of how often you might be examined is, is how the regulators kind of score your RIA from a risk perspective. And so a, a typical example could be a you know, billion dollar RIA will, will arguably be scored higher than a, a $100 million RIA because there's just more on the line with, with a billion versus 100. So they, they perhaps might, might examine the billion dollar one a little more frequently than the $100 million one. And, and so that's just an example. But, but in, in the case of this hybrid solution, it, it does add extra complexity to your practice. And, and does that arguably score you a little higher in the regulator's perspective that, oh, it's, it's not solely an RA with a custodian, it's an RA with a custodian, they also have a BD affiliation. And so there's some, some more complications there. D does that score you a little higher? I, I don't know. I mean, it's ultimately up to the, to the regulators, but it is conceivable that they would. And, and even if they do, though, it, it might not be deemed to be, you know, much more of a, of a concern. And, and so maybe it really doesn't move the needle, but, but nonetheless, something to potentially be aware of. So, so basically, there's no, there's no perfect answer with this. I know I, I just kind of downloaded a bunch of cons on it, but, but the reality is all of those are manageable. And there's, there's a lot of advisors that th this is not a fringe thing that, that advisors set up. Quite a few advisors out there. Uh, have this arrangement where they where they have an RA and they do have this broker dealer affiliation. Well, it's it's absolutely doable. There's absolutely a process for that. The compliance consultants will help you get it set up. Uh, so there's there's no perfect answer. It's just more kind of what makes sense uh, for you individually. And and I would and, and to, to kind of drive that home again. It's it's easy for someone like me to sit here and say. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Advisor, this would just make your life easier and cleaner if you just walk away from all that trail business and just do your RIA. Um, because I, I'm not the one with skin in the game. Now, if, again, if you're going to walk away from $8,000, I, I would tell you, you probably do need to walk away or find a solution for those assets. It's just not going to be worth your while. But that number will reach a point where it's, that's not such a clear cut decision. Um, however, I, I'll give you an example. I, I know of a, of a specific advisor, this is a couple years ago, she walked away from about 200,000 a year in trail commissions. And obviously there would have been a payout on that. So not all 200,000 were gone in her pocket, but you can do the math. It was still a very healthy amount. And she was just so ready to not be kind of wearing two hats and under two regulars. She just solely wanted to be an RA uh, entirely on her own, did not want anything to do with a broker dealer relationship. And, and literally walked away from 200,000 a year in, in trail commission. So again, it's a, it's a personal decision. You know, that, that's a little more rare. Usually when you see people walking away, it's something much less than that, but, but just know that, that it, it does happen at all levels. Um, and, and then the last piece on that is there are actually firms now, if you, if you say, okay, well, I wanna walk, say it's 30,000, uh, you know, in commission business, you say, okay, it's not worth, worth me doing all that, but what do I do with that 30,000? And where that gets especially tricky is, is if you have a client now at your traditional, you know, maybe brokerage firm and, and the, the only business they do with you is, is that commission account. That's kind of a simple solution that if you're not, if you're not going to continue with, with commission uh, assets going forward, you know, you basically just leave it behind. You, you don't try to move it with you when you start your new firm. But, but there is that typical scenario where maybe you have a client that has a $1 million IRA in a fee-based account that you manage and you absolutely intend on continuing that under your RA. 
Uh, and it turns out they have a $70,000 variable annuity. For, for whatever reason, that, that came to be in years ago. Uh, and, and they're happy with it. There's no reason to change that. Um, but, and, and the question is, even if, even if you're comfortable walking away from the trails on that, but if you, if you leave the variable annuity behind, right, the problem is your, your prior firm will pounce on that client and they will try to then win the, the rest of the relationship and win that the million dollar account and bring them back. And so you generally don't want that competition. And so there are actually a few firms popping up now that, that literally they're, they're kind of raising their hand and they're saying, hey, the business we're in is for you to move in this example, that $70,000 variable annuity to us, we will technically be the registered rep on it. We will technically, you know, essentially have ownership of that position, but we will commit to you advisor to not solicit the client for any of their additional business. We, we will absolutely uh, honor and respect the fact that you are the primary advisor on that. You have the million dollar relationship. We are basically just kind of housing this asset and, and for that, they're just going to sit there and generally make, make a trail. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing for them. Uh, and it's a good thing for you where they could say, okay, it's arm's length. So just know there are some solutions like that where you, you could walk away from the business without jeopardizing you know, the client relationship or things like that. And I'm, I'm more than happy to walk you through what some of those solutions are. Um, so with that bottom line, that is absolutely doable. Do not think you need to be 100% fee-based already to consider the RIA model. Uh, you, you could be close and just willing to walk away from some amount of commission business, or you could be in that. Again, you, you probably need to be in the 60% the plus range, at least currently to be fee-based, even kind of be considering these options. Surely 70% or higher, it's absolutely worth thinking through, you know, the different solutions available to you. So just know, and then that, like I said, it's a common misconception. If I just think, oh, I, I have to be 100% fee-based or I can't do this. That's not the case at all. Uh, there is a solution like I just talked about here. And I'm more than happy to help walk you through how it might apply to your specific situation. So with that, like I said, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Today's question, obviously, perfect example of that, of that, that profile, that conversation I'm having with an advisor where they say I'm 80% I'm fees, 20% commissions, what are my options? This is the sort of thing I help advisors think through. You know, how does it work? What's the structure like? Uh, who are the players involved in these RA friendly broker dealers? Why might I consider one versus another? Happy to have that sort of conversation with you as well. If you're not already there, head on over to transitiontoria.com. Uh, you can see I have plenty more videos posted. I have some white papers. Uh, and then the, the easiest thing is right there at the top of the contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule a specific date and time for us to connect, have a conversation, whether you wanna know more about today's specific question, or you wanna begin just more that macro conversation of here's, here's where I am now in my career, here's the type of firm I am now, uh, I hear a lot about this RA model. What might that look for, look like for me? And I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to begin that dialogue with you. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video, and I'll see you on the next one.